Hey, welcome back to the Untitled SEO Podcast. My name is Andrew Laws and I am your host. In season three of the podcast, we are doing LAN, which is live action networking. I've been in SEO for 25 years and one thing I've noticed is that SEO people aren't always that good at speaking to each other. Sure, we might bump into one occasionally an actual real you know, offline networking event, but we're a bit of a rare breed. So in this in this episode, um, I've got somebody I don't know, well, I don't know very much about, I should say. I know you work in SEO, and we're going to have a, a nice old chat. So, honoured guest, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Kev Wiles. I have been in SEO pretty much since I left college. I guess like every SEO has got their own unique story, and 90% <laughs> of people will say, hey, I fell into it. But mm. um I generally did. I fell into SEO when I um, left a gaming course, which in hindsight, I probably should have stayed in gaming. Um, and I have previously uh, was head of SEO at Halfords for four years before uh, making the jump to go into consultancy. Head of SEO at Halfords, was that your, your sorry, there's, there's a sort of a gap I can see. And first of all, I think there isn't there, there is common ground between the world of gaming and SEO. Yeah. <laughs> there absolutely is. So what, what was your first role after you left college? Yeah, so um, I actually went into graphic design and sort of like website design. Um, and I guess my first, I wouldn't really call it SEO back then, which was like, you know, white text, white background, directories on your own website type scenario. But I went and helped a local suit hire company that was selling um, like three-piece dinner suits on eBay at the time. Um, to basically they didn't want to pay fees on eBay anymore. So like we want a website. Um, and that was really my first experience of like, is this actually a thing or is it just people <laughs> winging it? Um, and then, yeah, from there I, I went back into the creative graphic design um, element and didn't probably, I say, fully start my SEO career until I went to a, um, I went to a boutique agency in Stratford uh, called TMWI that still exists today. Um, and that, I guess, is where SEO had just become a proper term within the marketing landscape and like people were actually getting careers and it was like, Hey, company should probably spend money on this stuff. Mm. It's, it's amazing how many people I speak to have creativity kind of very, very much in their, in their, uh, I wouldn't say in their past, but in their, in their origin story. And, and you, you are no exception. I mean, why do you think so many people who are creatives get into um, SEO? Cause it's I supposed mean, to just be data and black and white. Stuff, yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I, I honestly think that, like, I always look at SEO that has three core disciplines, right? Like, you know, you still have, for me, you still have the traditional technical SEO content and then sort of digital PR and link building as we know it today. And I think definitely within digital PR, you need that creative mindset to not only look at data, but then come up with some creative that's compelling to sell that story to journalists, whatever. But I think on the flip side of that, like, I'm a tech SEO, that's where I started. I'm terrible at writing content. Um, but I think you need creative ways to solve development problems, right? Like if you, um, when I look back when I was at Tim Duran, we worked with Nestle, for example, as you'd imagine, they have massive web stacks, they have different uh, sites for different um, brands. And within that, they have different development agencies and different brand managers and different red tape. As SEOs, you just want to keep things moving. And I think that's at the point you need to put that creativity into use to say, like, oh, there's this problem with canonicals and this is how we could solve it. Or, you know, at the time, the big thing was like, injecting things through tag manager for example to overcome dev resource um and i think it's helped um, it's not perfect but i definitely think you need that air of creativity rather than just looking at a problem black and white being able to step back a little bit and say what's the 60 percent that we could get there by doing this while the other 40 percent is potentially being worked on in 
a much bigger sprint plan, for example. Yeah, that's an absolutely lovely way of describing. And I think the creativity comes in comes into play in quite a big way when you're you're looking at the market and you're looking at the market you're appealing to because all markets move differently and, and having that kind of mindset of let's just look for the cool thing let's look for the thing that moves it forward that, yep. that may absolutely makes sense and you mentioned kind of being a tech seo now i i know many people who are tech seo and i think i'm leaning more on on tech than than other things but You've you've done some projects that, quite frankly, would terrify me. <laughs> so t- tell us about the the Air New Zealand project. Yeah, so um, I um, the backstory here is I, after a very drunken night out, decided to book a one way ticket to New Zealand. Um, and <laughs> one way, uh, one way, and hand How my bad notice was in. That night out. Oh, um, it's quite heavy. Yeah, one that I I don't regret, but I do regret the money I spent on the sambucas. Um, but um, I was at my can at the time, and I decided that I was going to go to New Zealand. So, um, yeah, booked a one way flight, and then started to outreach to people in New Zealand to say, hey, like let's network. And then if I liked New Zealand, the plan was to always go back and work there. Um, the head of SEO at the time um, was like, I'm actually leaving my job in three weeks. Why don't you just interview here and take my job? Which was like, cool, that wasn't the plan, but sure, let's let's just roll with it. Um, so I went over and Air New Zealand at the time had basically realized, like I think a lot of big brands have started to realize, which is like within SEO, you kind of need some governance and some sort of center of excellence that um, SEO can be managed from. And the reason they had started to look into it was um, they had – Air New Zealand across all different territories. So they like Russia, uh, Poland, UK, France, etc. The issue then arises that some of those markets are doing things that can't be controlled. So they're potentially buying links that were a bit shady because they were questionable sites or Google's algorithm was further behind than say in the US and UK. So they had decided to try and wrap that all up and bring all those sites into one domain. Um, which was a huge undertaking. And the reason that was is like they can then pull resource and budget from all these 96 different countries and territories and agencies. 96. Yeah. Um, and that was a six. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think I, ch- I actually checked um, a few years after, and I don't think they ever finished the project. And unlikely some of that is uh, mobile first became a thing, but in other markets, mobile first is actually really low penetration still. So like those sites probably then wouldn't have worked as well for that user. Um, but nevertheless, we undertook that project. And I think a lot of it with, anything in SEO is a process, right? Like it's like understanding the URLs you need to map, top traffic, top uh, linked pages. And then it's working with engineering teams to say like, what's the solutions we need to put in place to scale this stuff? Um, Inherently, there will always be issues because let's say last minute holidays exists on New Zealand, but doesn't exist in Russia, for example, then hreflang shouldn't be on those pages because, hey, one version doesn't exist. Um, And after that, it was just trying to put a methodical process. Like they didn't launch them all at the same time. They had a staggered process, which was like the saving grace. Um, And it was just then working out like the tasks that need to be done to maintain rankings in each market. Um, The caveat to that, which was unique for New Zealand, is like the cleanup of some of those sites because they had been building questionable links at that time because in that market, they could get away with it. But wrapping it up into like a global um, .com domain, they were never going to get away with having that much spam on that domain and maintain those positions. Um, and that, the rest of that was just process, templates, process, and a methodical approach. So you came into this project what, as it was starting or as it was just um, a start? Probably, yeah, I probably came into it about six months after they'd already started kicking off that project and the data and stuff. Um, 
which isn't isn't the worst migration I've project I've come into. I've come into one literally a month before it's about to launch, and they're like, "Hey, we're going to consider SEO," and I'm like, "A month before <laughs> is very is very very risky." Um, but again, I think like you know, SEOs I think a lot of the time are we have a process and we know the things that need to be done to maintain traffic or drive traffic. But the reality is those th- there's certain things within that remit that probably don't aren't deal breakers. I.e., like you know, talk, we talk a lot about in SEO about like four or four pages and it's bad for user experience. But the difference here is if it's on a 100,000 page website and there's 10,000 broken, sure, big issue. If it's a 10 page website and there's one broken and it's an SME, probably much less of an issue. And I think it's the same when you get bought into something late on. Most most CMS platforms and sort of like Salesforce and Magento and like do the basics of technical SEO okay. And unless they do something really bad, like, hey, I've no indexed the whole site, the last month you only then really need to focus on the big heavy hitter things right the redirects the content the page titles that sort of stuff um and then the rest can as bad as this is and i'll probably get hated for this a little bit is a lot of that you can then do as an afterthought right and then try and maintain those relationships because the other thing is the friction points you create with developers who are under pressure to launch that project and then you get that seo coming in with a sort of like you can't do this you can't do this don't do this don't do this that doesn't solve anything within seo either it, it doesn't at all and and the the relationships well one of my i have a developer on my team <laughs> and part part of the reason for that apart from the fact he's fantastic um should he actually <laughs> listen to this he, he needs to know that is that i, I didn't want to i've always been very wary of being some uh, someone who's in seo that becomes an island because I've, I've seen it so many times before kind of externally where the devs end up just getting frustrated with the seo because the seo yeah. is to be honest sometimes backing basic human understanding and fortunately the number of 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 godlike seos is diminishing really fast but you know when i first started for example it was it was all kind of personality nonsense marketing my still is people like neil patel i'm I'm not the world's big biggest fan of and what i like about what i think is causing that 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 side of seo to die out is that seo is now considered an essential part of of a lot of processes we haven't got at a higher level different with smes at a higher level we haven't really got to fight our corner quite as much do you know what i mean it, it's kind of like okay well this this needs to happen this needs to be in place it's almost just an efficiency yeah. if nothing and else I, yeah and i think a lot of that has come probably a little bit of maturity within internal businesses right like i remember like all the interviews and, and the place i've been it's like seo has sat within those companies in some weird places so like at some companies it's sat within marketing, but then it's not sat in e-com where they actually do the like front end and the text and the, and the, the category development. In others, it's sat within IT. In others, it's sat as its own function. And, and within that, then you're fighting because each of those teams have their own essentially PNL or like resource and you're trying to pull them to do things. Um, and I think it's like the best approach I've seen is this like hybrid model where like SEO doesn't really sit in the traditional structure i.e like you want to speak with merchandising to make sure e-commerce categories and merchandise core cool, like that's probably going to be e-com mm. the same with like uh dev some sometimes that's an e-com or it's in, in it so like you need to have that hybrid approach and then marketing has their own different approach for like emails and above the line stuff and i think you kind of need to be friends with all those teams as much as possible to get as much buy-in um but then also like realistically it shouldn't be I think sometimes the biggest wins I've had haven't been like SEO wins. They've been, hey, we're doing this campaign or we're launching this product. 
what could we do to make it better from a business perspective? And then SEO comes and says, oh, cool, like don't build it in JavaScript, for example, uh, this was a couple of years ago, but don't build it fully in JavaScript because at the time Google wasn't going to render that stuff. It's like, cool, we didn't know that. That's a good heads up. Mm. And everyone, everyone wins. Um, and there's some awesome stuff, I think, as well. Like SEOs have changed over time, right? Like there's lots of people now that have been hardcore through and through SEOs that have now like started to move more into that, like they can be the bridge between SEOs and devs. So like, um, I'm going to pronounce his surname wrong, but I think Adam Gantz or Gantz, for example, was previously at Deepcore, then Luna, then left and became a consultant. He's rolled out like this awesome, essentially like, I guess, course learning platform of like how to bridge the gap between developers and SEO and build those relationships, which I think to your point, like through and through tech SEOs and developers like to sit in the office or in their bedroom or office with their headphones on and just get stuff done and don't want to engage with people. It doesn't really work with SEO because it's hard to explain what you need on an email. It's much easier to talk on a phone and stuff, but like inherently, like I will sit with my headphones on most of the day and try and avoid meetings where possible. And I think that's just a, a, like a through and through dev thing, right? There's not really many out there that are like super sociable and outgoing mm. that want to do that sort of like account management stuff at the same time. I think, I think finding, yeah, finding the good account managers is, it's probably the hardest, the hardest role to recruit yeah. because we are, by nature, a lot of us are geeks, and I don't think, I don't think the, um, I just no big shock there, like big. I'm not going to use that in the headline or anything. Um, but I think a, a lot of us are still in it because we do like the techie side of it, and the it's SEO's kind of had a PR, it's had an image problem since day one. That it's it's either sort of super, uh, you know, supercilious kind of. Oh, without us, you you're not going to get anything, or it's seen as like some sort of cloak and dagger thing which is something i've always always fought or or kind of sold on if you don't do this then you'll get punished by google which is another thing i i will stand up in a crowded room and argue about yep. you know the fact that doesn't exist um and i don't really have an answer really i'm just staying just point, i'm just pointing at a problem and prodding it <laughs> kind of but yeah i think more more people i think that because we're so brand new perhaps in 20 years time um we'll look back and go oh thank goodness that dedicated seo client managers has become a, an industry in its own or something i don't yeah. i don't know and, and, and google google doesn't help right like when you look at things like when they came out with the the site speed stuff and they were saying it's the biggest most important thing you could do and then they did call web vitals and then they changed some of the metrics like those things don't help because you instantly get seos who are like sales people like want to do the sales stuff side going to clients who don't know any better because they're not SEOs, being told, hey, your site speed is 30 out of 100. It's terrible. You've got to rebuild your whole WordPress platform because this is just going to end your whole business. But in reality, like for SME sites, anyway, it's not a deal breaker. And I think that's where like Google doesn't help themselves and trying to get that stuff portrayed. And then SEOs themselves don't really help either because we're like SEO site speed is the biggest thing. Go and fix it. And then it's like, cool but what you're asking for is me to refactor every line of code and that's not an easy lift and you can't show me the roi benefit for that. So like why would i go and do that no i agree entirely and it's not helped by the fact that sometimes google themselves when asked a direct question about something go but you you've you really hit the nail on the head i i've always really really tried to to market you know market myself or my my agency as it is now positively and not through fear because seo to me is a tool for i say this all the time it almost sounds like a cliche but it's for amplifying excellence 
It's not for polishing yep. the turd. And it's not to keep yourselves from being struck by lightning by Google. Google, are, I think, to be honest, Google sometimes are doing their best, to be clear, but just doing a really poor job. Of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, there's, there's mobile encounterments and, and there's lots of people on Twitter that, that I say, oh, Google, that post where one bit of documentation says X and the other bit says Y and they directly conflict with each other and contradict each other. Like, that doesn't help because one developer reads one thing, another developer reads another or vice versa SEOs. And then suddenly in a room of trying to solve a problem, you've got different bits of information that people have read that then is causing that conflict. And I, I don't think we'll ever get around that, unfortunately. I think that's where things being able to test and prove the model or have case studies. And there's, again, there's some good portals being built of just like a bank of case studies that you can use. Mm. I think that's where that helps. But like Sitespeed's always been the big one because it's so easy to go into a tool and say, hey, look, it's red out. It's completely red. It's terrible. Fix it. But not knowing the what's in the while, like, what's the actual uplift it's just a good way to particularly to, to smaller companies it's, it's a good way for salespeople and some of the like other seos to go your site's rubbish and then they come in oh we can rebuild your website because we're also a web design agency and like two words one stone we now got the web design project and seo um and then inherently it's not any better because they've installed 20 plugins on wordpress and made it even worse i got the worst one i ever did <laughs> I, I worked on a site last year i removed bear in mind removed 64 redundant plugins from a wordpress site 64 anyway <laughs> but it's um, so easy right it's so easy because like you, you know you want a feature and it's like oh cool well there's a plugin for that let's just install that one instead of getting the dev to build it by by hand and that doesn't help because those things are so easy to go and get you only have to go onto like theme forest and there's a plugin literally for everything there is but what what you what you're talking about reminds me bringing things back around to creativity again because everyone i'm holding my hands up to, to <laughs> it's a podcast which is really unhelpful okay well just imagine imagine a steel ruler listener and i'm going to hold a steel ruler although i imagine uh kev you know what they look like so i'll put that back down everyone's got that that amount of resource it doesn't matter if you are virgin who can spend god knows how much they spend on seo it doesn't matter if you started a donut shop and you've got you know 100 quid a month to spend on seo the real skill of seo isn't necessarily understanding every single possible aspect and an option it's knowing how to get the best result out of the the resource you have whether it's hundreds of millions or whether it's a tenner what's yeah. what, what's going to do it and if your site so you've kind of got me onto something that, that gets me fired up now that yeah the, the site speed thing is important but it's also important for user experience and blah 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 but ultimately if <laughs> If your competitors have horrendous websites and they're worse than yours and yours is marginally faster, then you might you might want to look at something else first. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I and think I, you want to look at almost anything else first. Yeah, and I, I think you're, you're hitting that on the head though, right? Some of that is like as SEOs, we have all these tactics that we should go and look at that are in guidelines and posts and all this sort of stuff. And I think the key thing that I had as a learning curve when I went to Halford was like there isn't a lot of useful an actual detailed stuff of how to build the commerciality into like SEO and like, okay, a strategy isn't tactics in a deck of like, we should fix size speed and we should fix four fours and we should build facet navigation. And like, I spent quite a lot of time doing um, the SEO MBA from Tom Critchlow about like how you should actually build a strategy that gets by and to your point, And then doesn't matter this, you've got the same amount of resource, but like when you actually look and the SEOs go away and actually look at the strategy and, and where the area of opportunity is, they actually know then how to get results. Whereas I think a lot of the time we look at a site, we run it through like Sightball, Screen Frog or Hrefs or SEMrush or any of the other tools and say, all these issues need fixing. 
go and fix them without really the clear plan of like, do they? And it's the same when you get flagged in Search Console, right? Like Google pings you a notification to say you've got schema invalidation issues and it's like one page and your page, your site's 10,000. It's like, is it an issue? Like it's one page. Like, is it really going to move the needle? I, I really, I, I really hate the the change to the way that search engine notifications are done now. Yeah, I oh God, I, I hate it so much. It, it causes me so much, so much, not grief, but just unnecessarily conversations with clients because yep. the the whole language of new issues prevent your your site being indexed. For one thing, then they're, they're never. I really did well not to swear that they are almost never new issues. Yeah, and I, I'm just I'm considering just creating a meme to send back to clients that just says task failed successfully because the biggest yeah. one always is these pages aren't indexed because they're set to no index like yeah 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 and it's you know it's the same i honestly had it the other day where a client emailed me a screenshot and said we need to look at this it's failed and i went to search console and it's a page that is now uh, it's a product that's now out of stock anyway but the other part of that is like the issue wasn't actually an issue; it was a warning. But for a client that doesn't know about SEO, they just get the notification of like schema validation is invalid. So then they just go, "Oh, there's an issue. The SEO team aren't working hard enough." And it's like, it's not an issue; it's a the, false the, negative. The thing that really bugs me, and this is this is so petty of me, that you know I'm connected to, I don't know off the top of my head, lots of search search console profiles. So because I don't want all those emails coming through, but because I do need to keep keep an eye on it. I've set up a system where every notification I get, I basically convert them into an RSS feed that we we then have running in Slack, so that me and my team can all just just go look at it and go, okay, okay, just yep. see it coming through. And they've changed the subject line for almost every single notification now to "There are new issues <laughs> preventing your pages being indexed." Like, no, I I used to be able to just scan the RSS and list, see, yeah, and, and see if there's actually an issue. No, now I have to click on them. Thanks, Google. You've 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 made me click things. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's those sort of things that like you know, yeah. There's lots of ways you can get around that and stuff, but like it's those sort of things that don't help the industry as a whole, right? It's those false negatives or those like scaremongering things that Google does itself. Like, we're gonna have to look at the deprecation of, of, of Universal Analytics. It had that massive pop-up banner with the like the world is gonna end timer. It's like yeah, I understand that you need to do that stuff, but like. GA4 as a product wasn't great anyway. So I don't like they focused way more on the clock than they did on the actual product. But the, the, you look at those things, and it's like that doesn't help anyone because, like, you know, for the uneducated person that's not an agency or not an SEO or not an analytics person, it just looks like something is about to blow up on their website rather than just, hey, you need to migrate to this, click this, click this. That will give you the basic implementation. Um, so I think sometimes Google is semi to blame but then as seos we've also not helped the industry and it's no. coming a long way right it's it's improving but there's still lots of stuff out there that's like misleading or misaligned or conflicting signals from different documentation that for anyone new getting in the industry they're like where do you turn to actually find the, the genuine truth of what should be done to drive traffic this this is one of the things that makes it really difficult to market yourself or your agency because you and i are both entirely on the same page there you know i always say if you're going to read any advice um about seo for one thing be be wary because it's advice yep look look at what the the writer gains would gain from you reading it and at the same time i'm saying hey look at my content so, I mean, what I'm doing at the moment is 
I'm, I'm trialing, just kind of saying, look, I found something that I think is interesting. And if you're a business owner, I business owner, I think this article on SEO is interesting because yeah, because, because I think yeah. that puts in that that filter that says there there is no no one truth. There's no one central point of truth for SEO. It's all look at this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it's it's always been the same, right? Like, and, it, and all of that, I think, that we just spoke about can be mapped back to the same thing what I speak about quite a lot in SEO is like context is key. And there's like, you know, the site speed, the canonicals, the, the all the errors that you get. It's like, are we talking what's the scale of the issues and impact? And then being able to actually put the context behind it, like how important it is to go and fix it. Because again, devs are clever people, right? And they'll be the first to come back and go, you're asking me to spend 100 hours refactoring loads of JS code but you can't even tell me what that actually is going to do. And then you're arguing in meetings to say you want to get it done. And it's like that sort of stuff. Like Google doesn't help because there's no, you know, in PPC, it's easier to put forecasts together. Whereas SEO, the SERP is different for every keyword and all that sort of stuff that makes it impossible to then put the proper like impact and stuff to that context. I'm, I'm amazed that, that it's still so, it's still such such a problem. Um, I, I lost a, well, I didn't lose a client because they were never a client, but somebody I was speaking to said, look, we're not going to work with you because you can't guarantee results. I'm so like, just, if someone guarantees your results in SEO, yeah. don't work with them. <laughs> you know, it's and, like, and, that, and that's the problem I, I can though, see right? Where they're like, coming, see where they're coming from a hundred percent. Yeah. And that's the, and that's the problem though, right? Is like, there's still sites out there and agencies out there that have the meshing of a week and guarantee SEO results hundred percent. And it, you know, on the average user, it doesn't matter if then the output of that is actually like, we can guarantee you position one for a keyword that's like eight words long, has zero search volume, right? Which you could guarantee. But for the customer, they just look and go, oh, cool, you can guarantee it. And that's the sort of language that I think we're bad at as an SEO is like guaranteeing things, which realistically, no one can guarantee anything in search because Google tomorrow could release an update that they probably will never get to this point, but something where they actually can understand all the AI driven content and then penalize all those sites right and then you've guaranteed stuff that you can't now quantify and how do you undo that um but that comes down to the seo industry is just as a collective we have to do better it, well it's that that's why i use the message of amplify amplify excellence you know yeah. don't don't I, I when I, I work with a business coach and when i first started working with him he described how he looks for clients and he said he looks for people who like a tennis coach would he looks for people who are doing really good stuff and with a bit of guidance and a bit of coaching might be able to up their game. And I think that's the yeah. kind of client I look for with SEO. I, I want to work with people who are really enthusiastic, you know, really have the, their team and the community at their, at their heart and you know, as part of their growth. And this is why I think ESG policies, so people roll, I roll about ESG at the moment, but I think, no, it's, it's really, really important. It really yeah. is. I don't want to work with someone who's going, oh, I can't look at the size of the margin I've got on these products. If I could just get to number one, I'd take over the world. Right? I'm not really that interested. Yeah. I don't know if I'm putting off any potential clients listening to this, but but no, I, I want people who are who are doing really well and just, just need that little... That boost. Yeah, that boost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, particularly as well, like from all the stuff like and the clients I've worked with, the clients that usually have a better understanding of seo and the impact and the the how long things potentially take or did take back then those are the clients that you don't have then those conversations about like why aren't we ranked for this keyword why aren't we ranked for that keyword or like why is it taking so long because they actually understand seo rather than the other clients which is like well we can get number one with ppc tomorrow it's like 
you can, but they're completely different marketing channels, like different approach and stuff. Um, and those your those clients, I find you'll always be chasing the the emails of like now we've got to respond as to why we aren't number one within a week of taking on that campaign and so on and so forth. Um, those will always exist, sadly. I, I was I was doing a bit of blue sky thinking a little while ago, and I thought if if the phrase SEO didn't exist, what what would I prefer? What what would be what I'd want to call what we're doing? And yeah. I'd want to call it the collaborative growth engine. <laughs> Yeah. Which, which yeah, is it's it's we we're not going to sit in the dark room and just hammer this stuff out for you. We can't. We can't. There is no way I'll ever know as much about any industry or niche as any of my clients do. I need your collaboration. I absolutely yeah. do. Cool. Yeah, agreed. Perfect. That was a, a nice a nice ending. I thought. I don't mean the thing I said. I mean the the stuff you said, um, Kevin. I really appreciate this phone call. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, no is, there any, is there any any thought you'd, you'd like to to leave us with as we wrap up? I guess just you know, as I, as I said, like the learning and testing thing is I think is is crucial to SEO, but also um, just don't listen to everything you read on SEO Twitter. I guess <laughs> that is a very good summary. Okay, I'm gonna, um, I'll put I'll put links in the show notes so people can find your website. And it only remains for me to say, well, thank you once again, and I'm going to say goodbye. Would you like to say goodbye? Thanks all for listening.